I'm reading from um, 1 Samuel, verse 9 to 20. Once, when they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on his chair by the doorpost of the Lord's house. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. And she made a vow, saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me, and not forget, forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life, and no razor will ever be used on his head. As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart, and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, How long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. Not so, my lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. grief." Eli answered, Go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. She said, May your servant find favour in your eyes. Then she went her way and ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. Early the next morning, they arose and worshipped before the Lord, and then went back to their home at Ramah. Elkanah made love to his wife Hannah, and the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, because I asked the Lord for him. And then if you turn over the page, I'm going to read Hannah's prayer, chapter 2. Then Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. In the Lord my horn is lifted high. My mouth boasts over my enemies, for I delight in your deliverance. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. Do not keep talking so proudly, or let your mouth speak such arrogance. For the Lord is a God who knows, and by him deeds are weighed. The bows of the warriors are broken. But those who stumbled are armed with strength. Those who were full hire themselves out for food. But those who were hungry are hungry no more. She who is barren has borne seven children, but she who has had many sons pines away. The Lord brings death and makes alive. He brings down to the grave and raises up. The Lord sends poverty and wealth. He humbles and he exalts. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap. He seats them with princes and makes them inherit a throne of honour. For the foundations of the earth are the Lord's. On them he has set the world. He will guard the feet of his faithful servants, but the wicked will be silent in the place of darkness. It is not by strength that one prevails. Those who oppose the Lord will be broken. The Most High will thunder from heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. Thank you very much. Well, I suppose you may be thinking, uh, what does Hannah, this woman in 1 Samuel 1 and 2, struggling to have a baby, have to do with uh, students and KO leavers? Uh, And the answer to that is everything. Because she prayed. And as a church this year, one of our three top goals is that we're learning to be a praying people these uh, cards that we produced uh, right at the start of this year are still valid and we're going to be still working through those this autumn time. The second one is learning to be a praying people. And so we're going to ask God now to help us to learn because these first Sundays of the month 
we're looking morning and evening uh, through this year. We've been uh, thinking about prayer, a bit different this morning, but we're thinking about prayer this evening, and we want to ask God to help us to pray like Hannah did. So let's pray together now. Father, we, we pray as we turn to your word now. Please, Lord, would you, would you teach us? Sometimes when we read your word, we know there are just examples there for us to follow. Good examples. Sometimes things we need to be avoiding. But uh, we reckon that there are some very good things for us to learn here about praying. We pray, Lord, you'd help us to take the good things and to uh, work out how we might apply them to our lives. We pray for Jesus' sake. Amen. We will see on the back of these goldy coloured cards that, uh, card, bits of paper, uh, that there are five points. What, we, what we're going to do, as you'll see on the front, we've got the sermon in two parts. We'll look at the first two parts now and, and the last three uh, after a little break. So first one, prayer is pouring out your soul. Prayer is pouring out your soul. So praying like Hannah. Uh, and the first thing is we're thinking about pouring out your soul. Now, Hannah can't get pregnant, and she's gone down to Shiloh for worship, for a worship session. The thing like um, David's tent last weekend uh, over at, at uh, Whiston House and so on, a great big uh, worship session over the weekend. Not like the kind of worship you see at, uh, say, Keswick or Soul Survivor or whatever, a lot more formal than that. And uh, it's during this that Hannah gets into a bit of a state. So you look at chapter 1 and verse 10, it says, In her deep anguish, Anna, Hannah, Hannah, Anna, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. And there's this old guy, Eli, sitting there. He's the priest. And he notices Anna, Hannah is upset, and he thinks she's drunk. And so displaying remarkable pastoral sensitivity, he goes up to her in verse 14 and said, How long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. I mean, really. And, uh, and Hannah's replies, not very restrained in the circumstances, not so, my Lord, in verse 15. I w- I'm a woman who is deeply troubled. I've not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. First thing to say from this is that prayer comes from our soul, the heart of your being. Prayer is you connecting at the deepest and most profound level of your existence with our great God Almighty. So it isn't just our minds that we pray with. Yes, you will use your minds, but actually it's something that's coming from deep down within us. It comes from our, uh, from our heart, from our soul. Now, uh, you know, we're an Anglican church. It may not look like it terribly much, but we are a Church of England church, and we say stuff together, liturgy, because we are an Anglican church. And uh, I think liturgy is a really good idea, but there's a great danger with it, is you can switch off. So, for instance, you can say the Lord's Prayer, and you just don't concentrate, don't think about it at all. So we need to focus, we need to concentrate on it. You can actually use the Lord's Prayer as a great connection between you and the Lord God Almighty as we pray, or you can pray the Lord. Well, you don't say, you don't pray the Lord's Prayer, you can just say it. And then someone could ask you at the end of the service, actually, did we say the Lord's Prayer tonight together? Did we pray the Lord's Prayer tonight? And you wouldn't have a clue. So we need to focus and we need to concentrate on what we do because praying actually comes not just from our minds where we can just go into autopilot and so on, but actually from the depths of our soul as we engage our hearts, our beings with this. Maybe uh, there's something perhaps that we'd need to confess to God just after this first half of the sermon uh, because when we need to, when, 
you know, when Catherine leads us in prayer later on, then actually we want to be able to say amen honestly, as in, yes, Lord, I agree, may this be so. But you can only do that if you're concentrating with what's going on, you're really engaging with it at the, uh, at the deeper level uh, of our being. Uh, for instance, just take another little example. Um, on the staff, uh, once or twice I've said to the staff in recent months, that when we're, when we're praying for something, can we just, uh, before we go on to pray about something else, I'm a bit slow, you know, my brain's slowing down, I'm getting old and so on, and can we just, uh, kind of before we go off to pray about the next thing, can we just give me a chance to catch up so I can pray about the thing that we're still praying for now? Because we want to concentrate on it rather than be, you know, well, they're praying about that, but next I'm going to pray about this, so I'm going to be thinking about working out what I'm going to pray. No, concentrate on what we're praying for now. If there's a pause, it's fine. Go, concentrate, be with them, pray with them as they're leading us in prayer, and then you can pray whatever you want to pray for if you want to do that to be praying out loud. So we don't have to jump in uh, immediately. So when we come to pray, stop and think. Engage your heart yeah, and, uh, uh, and, and work out what... We want to say from us to God, whether we're praying on our own or with other people. There's one other thing to note here, and that's this. Uh, As Hannah says in verse uh, 15 there, uh, I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Uh, My soul, but she's pouring it out. Imagine a jug of water just being poured out. Uh, As the the picture on the screen there, okay, it's a great big jug pouring out. And that's what she's doing here. She's telling God how it is. Now, my guess is that as English people, we're a bit restrained, probably a bit too restrained. We pray, and it's a bit like, you know, when you're adults and you're kind of walking through a muddy puddle with your willies on, you will walk very carefully because you don't want to get splashed, you don't want the muddy water over the top of your wellies, you don't want to get it on your trousers, and so on. But when you're little... You really don't mind so much about that, do you? When you're, when you're a toddler or whatever, getting muddy is okay. In fact, it's part of the fun. Going through puddles and jumping up and down them is great. And when we pray, we need to become more childlike, it seems to me. Not childish, but childlike. And pour out our soul. Tell God how it is. If you've had a great day, tell him, Lord, I've had a fantastic day today. And uh, thank you and praise you so much for that. This morning's service, Lord, I thought was absolutely brilliant. And Lord, we praise you for the, for the Miracle Lap Holiday Club and for the service this morning and for the barbecue and lamb burgers and so on. Um, and, uh, or you might be saying, Lord, I've just had a rubbish day today. Rubbish day at work this today, for instance. And, uh, but some people say, um, you know... Uh, uh, you don't have to tell God what he already knows when we pray. I think the trouble with that is, if you didn't tell God what he already knows when we prayed, I just don't think we would pray, frankly. Well, God already knows, so why do we bother praying at all? Praying is telling God what he already knows. Of course it is. He knows everything. That's the whole point of it. Simply to uh, uh, share life with him. That's what prayer is. Now, I just have to tell you, when I was getting dressed this morning, uh, Anna was reading from her Bible reading notes. And it happened to be um, uh, about this whole idea about what's the point of praying. So, right, this is in our bedroom. Anna is reading this to me. And she said this. Well, this is what uh, Jeff Lucas. Uh, Anna is the, uh, the one-woman advertising campaign for Je- Jeff Lucas' Life Every Day Bible Reading Notes, okay? And this is this morning's uh, reading. We can be tempted to think 
God knows our needs because he knows everything that is knowable, including our outward circumstances and the secrets of our hearts. What's the point of telling him what he already knows? But that approach narrows prayer down to simply sharing information together with a request for help. Prayer is about so much more than that. While asking is important, prayer enables us to commune with God by faith, to share our lives and relationship with him. It provides the opportunity for us to come with our worship and thanksgiving, to bring honor and praise to God. Prayer enables us to spend time in God's presence, allowing his spirit to search our hearts. It can help to restore emotional balance in our hurried lives and opens us to God's guidance and when we need direction. Prayer gives us the opportunity to cast our cares upon the God who cares for us. Paul spoke of of his great priority of knowing Christ. And without prayer, that relational connection would not have happened for him and it will not happen for us. So the first thing, praying like Hannah, is pour out your soul, okay? Prayer is from deep within you to deep within God. It's that communicating with God, okay? Uh, So tell God how it is from the heart. Be honest. Speak to him. Tell him how good it is or how bad it is. Tell him what you really would love to happen in someone's life, in your life. Be honest with him. Be open with him. Pour out your soul. And then the second thing. Uh, about praying is this uh, praying is uh, begins and ends with God so just would you have, just have a look at Hannah's prayer over in chapter 2 on page 272 and uh, have you noticed how full of God it is God, guy called Oswald Chambers said uh, we have to pray with our eyes on God not on the difficulties and when you look here for instance verse 1 my heart rejoices in the Lord the Lord Uh, In the Lord, my horn is lifted high. My power, if you like, is lifted high. Uh, Verse 2, there is no one holy like the Lord. The end of it, there is no rock like God. Uh, Verse uh, um, 6, have a look at verse 6. The Lord brings death and makes alive. He brings down to the grave and raises up. Verse 7, the Lord sends poverty and wealth. It's just full of God, isn't it? As she prays, it's full of God. Hannah's prayer is is just begins with God, and actually, as we'll see, it ends with God. I wonder if I recorded, say, one of your prayers, what you would think it is full of, if I played it back to you. Or better still, um, uh, if you have one of these um, heart monitors, they stick on your chest and they record your, your heart for a week. If I recorded every prayer of yours for a week, and then prayed it back to you, played it back to you, I wonder how full of God your prayers would be for that week. Or would they be full of problems? Or would they be full of you? If we're going to pray like Hannah, our prayers are going to want to be full of God. How could you change that? I mean, there are some parts of the Bible written as an encouragement or a challenge to us, and this is one of them, isn't it? And, uh, uh, And it's encouraging us to have prayers which are more focused on God, more of God in our prayers maybe challenges us to have less of ourselves in our prayers. So how can, we, how can we have more of God in our prayers as we pray? Well, why not pray about it? That's a simple and obvious solution, isn't it? Lord, please help me to have more of God, more of you in my prayers. That'd be a good thing to pray. Second, why not read the Bible first? I've got friends, for instance, who will always read a psalm before they pray, and that helps them to have more of God in their prayers. And third, uh, just pause and think. Just ponder God before you pray. 
just consciously thank and praise God. You know what he's like. We understand and we grow and we see more of God as we come to church week by week and as you read your Bible day by day. And pause and thank and praise him for those things. Uh, William Barclay once said this, when we pray, remember, one, the love of God that wants the best for us. Two, the wisdom of God that knows what is best for us. And three, the power of God that can accomplish it. And I would also want to add uh, a fourth. Uh, So I want to remember the love of God, the wisdom of God, and the power of God. And I want to remember the glory of God, which is the purpose of our prayers in the end. We want God glorified. We want the kingdom of God to grow in the lives of our students and our KO leaders, don't we? And uh, we want God to be at work in their lives, for God to use them, to bring other people to them. I want to see God being glorified in the lives of the guys we're focusing on tonight. So praying like Hannah, it's a good thing to do. It's a really good thing to do. We've got a wonderful example here. So let's remember, first prayer is pouring out your soul. Let's do that. Pray from deep within. And don't be afraid just to tell God how it is. Second, prayer begins and ends with God. So let's do that. Let's do that too. Uh, let's, uh, and for those uh, times when we haven't, perhaps just to say, use the opportunity now, just to say sorry and to ask for God's help. Three more in just a little bit. And uh, if there have been... Thanks, Tim. So we've seen that prayer is pouring out your soul. It begins and ends with God. And uh, then number three is, there we are, Uh, prayer is uh, praying to the one who knows. So for instance, look at chapter 2 and verse, the end of verse 3. For the Lord is a God who knows, and by him deeds are weighed. So all that we do, God knows, and he knows all the detail. Um, I I just read this this week, I'll, um, I'll I'll take out the middle chunk, but uh, what a remarkable organ God has created in the human ear. In comparison with it, the most sophisticated computer, it has been said, is as crude as a concrete mixer. Then he goes into loads of detail about the ear, and he talks about the vibrations in the inner ear, and he says, these are now converted into electric impulses which convey sound to the brain for decoding along 30,000 circuits of the auditory nerve, enough for a sizable city's telephone service. The human ear has rightly been celebrated as a triumph of of, uh, triumph of what? I was going to say militarization, that's not right. A triumph of miniaturization with an N at the beginning. So, um, uh, you look at your ear in a mirror, you look at the ear of the person in front, it is extraordinary, isn't it? And God knows every little detail about that. The process by which you're hearing what I'm saying now, not the PA system, but actually what goes from the speakers into your brain so you can understand it, is just extraordinary. Just extraordinary. But then when you take that, what, what Hannah's saying here as she prays is, it's not just that God knows you inside out physically, but he knows you inside out morally. So he knows every little last detail of the stuff you're thinking and the motivations behind it, the motivations behind your actions and so on. He knows everything that we've done today. He knows how you've got on with your mum and dad, how you've, you know, how you've been today, what you've been thinking about, what the temptations are and so on. God knows. Um, 
guy called Matthew Henry once said this, God not only sees men, or we would say men and women, he sees through them because he understands and he sees us at a deeper level, inside out. And, uh, uh, and, and then Martin Luther, guy from the Reformation, he says this, um, by our praying, we're instructing ourselves more than we are him because God knows. He knows physically. He knows morally what we're like and what we're up to and so on. So when we pray, when, we've, you know, when we confess our sins, we're not telling anything that you know, God's surprised at. We're not telling him anything he didn't know. We're simply telling him what he does know because he knows all. And we pray to share life with him. We pray, and it's as if God replies, yes, I know all about that. In fact, I know it far more deeply and profoundly than you know it. I'm so glad you wanted to talk to me about it. And I care about that situation far more than you could do, and far more acutely than you do. And I know you're really concerned that my involvement and my care and my perception is so much deeper than yours. And I want to bring you in. And I want to involve you in what I'm doing. That's why we pray. And what a privilege. God knows and wants us involved in what he's doing. So we pray to the one who knows We pray to the one who knows us inside out. And he still loves us. Deeply, wonderfully, extraordinarily, profoundly. Now that is great news, isn't it? He knows what you're thinking right now. He knows that you might well be thinking, actually I'm not sure God could really love me. I tell you, he does. He really does more than we would ever imagine. It is the most wonderful news. He knows you and he still loves you. He still really, really loves you. Pray to the one who knows. Next, pray with humility. Proud people find it very difficult to pray. I wonder if you've ever found a proud prayer warrior. No? I've never met one. I guess I never will. Because prayer is humbling. Prayer is saying, Lord, help. Prayer is saying, I can't do this. Prayer is saying, God, I need you. And we should be humble, shouldn't we? You know, there are, what, seven billion, let's say, people in the world? And someone says, you're one in a million, you're an extraordinary human being, and you feel rather good about yourself until you remember that, well, there must be 65 other people uh, just like me, in fact, just in the UK, and uh, 7,000 of them around the rest of the world. Prayer is a very humbling thing, isn't it? A guy called Alan Redpath said this, before we can pray, Lord, thy kingdom come, we must be willing to pray, my kingdom go. Prayer is a very humbling experience. So, again, chapter 2 and verse 3. Do not keep talking so proudly. 
or let your mouth speak such arrogance. We think we know, but we don't. We think we're capable, but we aren't. We think we we're, um, understand things, but we've no idea. We think we're strong, but we're weak. As uh, Spurgeon once said, uh, humility is to make a right estimate of oneself. And we need to remember who we are. We're one of the seven billion inhabiting a remote speck circling around an insignificant star in a forgettably average galaxy in an unfashionable corner of the universe. So that's who you are. That's who I am. So let's not get ideas above our station. And of course we come to pray, therefore, with humility. Humility and awe that despite the fact being that we're one of seven billion in a, whatever it was I was saying, inhabiting, inhabiting a remote speck and uh, uh, circling an insignificant star and so on, God still listens to you, to me. Just extraordinary. So let's not forget that. Let's know our place and come to his throne room with awe and with wonder. Not with cocky, self-reliant arrogance. And so let's pray for our students and our co-leaders. Make this commitment as we collect these cards later on and do so with humility. That we want to pray. We want to pray as God's people here, as his church. And it's pouring out your soul. It begins and ends with God. It's to the one who knows. It's praying with humility. And then the final thing is this. Pray the big picture. Pray the big picture. Just have a look at verse 10, for instance. Uh, Those who oppose the Lord will be broken. The Most High will thunder from heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. What is the picture? Big picture? I wonder if you could tell me the history of the universe from beginning to end in about 10 seconds. If not, try this. Uh, The Lord uh, created the world from the beginning. Mankind rebelled against that. God says, that's no good. I want mankind back with me. Jesus came. He lived here. He died for us. He was raised again from the dead. And one day he will return. And your decision for your eternal destiny depends on what you do with Jesus. You accept him. You're with him for eternity. You reject him. You're separated from him for all eternity. I could do it more quickly than that. But that is the big picture, okay? That is the big picture. That is the gospel. That's what I mean by the big picture. And you could say, pray the gospel. That's what Hannah was doing there. She was talking about judgment day as she prayed, actually entrusting God that he would be judging. So uh, let the gospel inform your prayers. When you're praying for our students back at uni, let the gospel inform your prayers for them. Lord, please help. Well, as as Josh was saying earlier on about... about, um, uh, university and the opportunity to, there are there. Pray for the guys going back there. But also, uh, pray for Paul working in, in the bil- on, the, on the building side, out in the cold, whatever. Where are you? He's gone. Did he step outside just now? He's over there. Oh, he's on the course. He's on the clicking, yeah. And, uh, well, yeah, pray for Paul. I think, and, and don't say you're not going to, you know, I'm sorry I'm not going to uni. That's a great, great responsibility and privilege uh, to, be, uh, to be out at work. And, uh, uh, and let's pray for our students. As we pray for them, Lord, Lord pray for X, Y, Z. Thank you that you're their creator. 
Um, Lord, we pray that they would live and to resist temptation. Thank you, Lord, that you died for X, Y, Z, whoever you're praying for. Pray that they'll tell tell their friends the gospel. And when you return, pray, Lord, that uh, they would be with you in heaven for all eternity. Verse 10 here in chapter 2 says, There is a God who dispenses justice, who absolutely there is one day when he will return and will judge the earth, uh, and you and me. And let that inform our prayers. And that means we've got to pray for our unbelieving friends, haven't we? We've just got to do it. We've got to be more urgent about this, au- this autumn time, about our unbelieving friends here. Let that inform our prayers. And as we pray, so let's remember the big picture. Remember the beginning and the end of the world as we pray. That Jesus came at the very center of history to die for us and he was raised from the dead and he's coming back as the Lord and the Master and the Judge of all. Loads more I can say. I know time is getting on. So when we pray, when we pray, pour out your soul. Remember it begins and ends with God. How much God is there in your prayers? Why not pray? There'll be more. There'll be more this week. Uh, Let's pray to the one who knows and therefore we pray with humility and let's pray the big picture remembering the gospel and how that impacts on the lives for us and on the lives of those that we're praying for. In short, let's pray like Hannah.